Hey guys and girls, and welcome back to another pre-season special edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and back again for the first time in 2019. Matt, it's great to see you over the other side. Oh, I tell you what, it's good to be here. Um, really happy to be back. Before I forget, just straight off the cuff, thank you very much to Brody for filling in. For me oh, he, he was great. Yeah, we, we put together a couple of good podcasts over the last few weeks. Uh, it's, it's great to get a chance to focus on some keeper draftees, you know. We had a look at our salary cap teams, which mine has changed dramatically since we released that podcast. Oh, I bet it has. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on this time of year, fantasy-wise. So um, yeah, it's good to be back and actually be able to be part of it before the season kicks off. And you're a married man now. I it's, am. I am. And, and congratulations. That, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a uh, good feeling so far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> uh, and that is my excuse for my absence. I've just been too busy prepping for weddings and, well, the wedding, um, to really do any fantasy stuff. But as of last week, I'm a married man, so... I am back. You're back. You've kicked it up into fifth gear and you've got to do it really quickly because there's only a week and a half or so until footy is back. I tell you what, I've been winging so many drafts so far. <laughs> I, I can't wait to get back stuck into it. What we're going to do today, guys, is we are going to focus on the JLT, which has just finished up. We're going to look through each of the rounds, have a look at some of the guys that you should be nabbing in salary cups, you should be looking at uh, going early on in drafts, looking at in your Keeper League top-up drafts as well. So we're going to dive straight into it. We're going to limit ourselves to two minutes per team. This is uh, going to be interesting. As we, best his, we can. Historically, we're not great at sticking to timelines. Oh, we're bloody rubbish is what we are. So we're going to give it our best. And of course, uh, alphabetically, we're going to start off with the Crows. Um, Wait, you so, didn't say we're doing this alphabetically? We're doing it alphabetically, Matt. Come off it. All right, so we're going to look at Adelaide, and we've already eaten up six seconds of our two minutes. What have you done? Why are you still <laughs> talking? Let's move. Let's move. All right, who are some of the guys that you notice? For me, obviously, the two Crouch brothers. Brad is a must-have mid-pricer in salary cap. I disagree. Ooh. I, Brad Crouch has not been in my team at all this preseason, I don't think. Okay, but okay. For me, the injury risk is just too much. Yeah, he looks a million bucks when he's out on the field, but I just I have no confidence he's going to stay on the field. All right, fair call. I, I, it's a very out there position. I know it's very different to a lot of our coaches, mm-hmm. but I just I haven't been able to bring myself to do it. 114 and 118 in the two games. Uh, he's priced at 524. I know it. it, it I'll, it'll probably come to bite me on the ass, but. But I think there's a lot of underpriced premiums this year. Yeah. You don't have to go with Crouch. And the pain in draft leagues as well is he's been that good in the JLT. He's not sliding down. If you want Brad Crouch, you have to take him a little bit earlier than you think too. Yeah. Um, Wayne Miller. Miller, I am very excited about. He looks like a ripper coming out of defense. So yeah. I, he's not one I'm looking at in salary cap leagues because he's priced a little bit too high for that. I think there's better mid-prices down back. Interestingly, I do have him in my salary cap at the moment. Wow, I can't believe we've had such a difference in the first two players we've mentioned. This yeah, is I, I mean, at the moment, he's in there just to get a bit of a feel for it, how mm-hmm. the team looks with him in there. I'm not convinced I'm going to keep him there. Um, but I think... He's going to get a lot of cheap ball across halfback this year, and I think he's got a bit of value to make. Possibly not enough to keep him in the salary cap, but I love him in all formats this year. I love it. Okay, um, so two of the defenders. I uh, want to <clears> quickly talk on Rory Laird. Are you worried about the new kick-in rules affecting him at all? Or? I think he will remain where he is, um, possibly drop off a little bit, but... Um, I think he's pretty much a set and forget. You're not yeah, going to him for value anyway. It's not enough to be a worry, is it? No. Um, I'm not starting with Rory Laird. Um, he's a... Um, Same. Yeah, so in salary cap leagues, he's someone that I'll chase later on in the season. The other one is Brody Smith. He's a lock and load for me. Uh, yeah, he's in mind at the moment as well. He looks absolutely yeah. terrific. Just a little mention for keepers as well. Chase Jones, the youngster there... Going to um, be a great keeper. He's He looks really good. Didn't really get much of a chance in JLT. Played a bit out of position. Only played 35% yeah. game time in the first. But he looks really, really good. Yeah. I loved what you said about him in the previous pod you did with Brody on mm-hmm. the ke- keeper rookies. Um, he's going to be a gun, but I'm not convinced that he's worth grabbing this year unless you are a very deep keepers. Yeah. It's, keep he's not a player. He's definitely not a redraft player this year. And... He's, he's not a salary cap. He's someone that you'll have to stash and keep a lead. He's a long-term stash, I think. All right, we're going to move on to Brisbane. So already we're moving faster than we have in all of our other podcasts. And we're already behind schedule. Oh, Jesus. All right, so some of the guys that I noticed, I was actually quite interested by Jared Lyons. 
He... The man of mystery the himself. The man of mystery himself. So in draft leagues, this guy is going to fall. He doesn't have a big name after moving on from Gold Coast. And gee, I, I Nobody even knows who he is. Yeah, so he's going <laughs> to fall. And he averaged 106 over the two JLT games. They need someone to they take some him of the pressure for a reason. off Lockie Neal. Yeah, they me. brought him in for a reason. He's going to play inside mid. He can accumulate the ball. He can tackle. He can mark. He can do everything. Mm-hmm. He's not particularly amazing at any one of those things, but he's pretty good across the board at all of them. I think he'll rack up a bit of ball this yeah, year. I like it. Um, one that I'm interested in, another guy who's going to fall in draft leagues, Daniel Rich is going to fall quite away. Mm. Uh, there's not a lot of great defenders out there in draft land at the moment. There's, it, there's a massive fall off from the top few and yeah. Daniel Rich is someone who could benefit from this new kick-in rule. They're going to want this guy bombing it out of defense. Um, yes. It's, I don't think he's going to have a massive upswing, but I think it's going to be a small upswing, and that could be worth, you know, this guy being your D4. Or yeah, D- Daniel Rich has never really excited me no, in, he hasn't, in he hasn't fantasy, so he's still not on my watch list at all but I hear where you're coming from mm. um, there's there's two obvious ones that we don't want to spend too much time on in Lockie Neal and Alex Witherden both look like absolute guns yeah I don't season. think we even need to cover them to I be mean, honest Witherden looks great is there anyone else you yes, noticed yes there is Reese Matheson mm. scored surprisingly well 83 and 90 from 69 and 83% game time for an average of 86.5 I held him for a good two and a half years in our keeper league and ditched him last year because I just got jack of it. Because he doesn't get games early in the season. He's one of those guys that they gift games to or they give games to later in the season once people get injured and they want to trial things. Um, He looked surprisingly good and they weren't really missing their AT midfield. Mm. So I don't know if he's actually going to get a go this year. His scores seem pretty good here, but I'm just... Not it's, convinced. It's tough, yeah. I See, there's other guys there that I'm much more keen on in terms of draft, like mm. maybe Jared Berry or... The I mean, thing Jared is, Berry looks gold. he's a mid-forward. Mm. So he's got that DPP. Yeah. So you can play him as a forward and as an out-of-position mid if he gets mid-time. Yeah. But I need to see more. So probably only in, in drafts, and he will slide because he's not a massively known name, but just keep on your watch list. That sounds good Or even me. off the waivers if he goes well. Quickly before we move on to Carlton, Archie Smith, do you think this is the year that he comes in and really takes points away from Steph Martin? Or does Steph Martin... I mean, he came in and had 100 in his one JLT game. He looked... But interestingly, right. that's because Archie Smith only played 16% game time because he got karate chopped in the throat. Oh, he did too, didn't he? Yeah, he copped one. So <laughs> I think that might be a bit of a f- potentially a false read there. Mm. Um, in the one game that Archie Smith played where he actually did play most of the game, he got 74 from 86% game yeah. time. Not world-beating numbers, but... He's hungry this year. The point is, this is the year, if you own uh, Steph Martin in a keeper league, get Archie Smith in your top handcuff. arm to handcuff him. You need Absolutely. that at some stage. Um, all right, moving on to Carlton. I mean, do we need to talk about Sam Walsh? Do we really need to talk about Sam Walsh We at don't, all? know. You, have, you need gun. him in your uh, keeper leagues. Absolutely. He should be one of the top picks. Get him in salary cap. If you can get him in keeper league, do it. I'd almost say get him in redraft towards towards the end. Towards the end. Because he is a pure midfielder. He's going to be that good. Um, Zach Fisher, one of our boys, looks like he's going to have a good year. Yeah, so 96 and 61 of 77 and 72% game time. Mm -hmm. um, And a mid-forward. No, and just keep in mind, nobody scored well from Carlton in that second JLT game. It was absolute garbage. No. Um, They were coming up against probably the best midfield in the game. (laughs) And they were just keeping the ball off of them. So understandable. But yeah, we're both really high on Zach Fisher. Pace, clean skills, um, and in that first JLT game, he accumulated it. Much the same as Will Setterfield. Yeah, and I I mean, I'm coming off a keeper top-up draft that we did about two hours ago where I got Will Setterfield. I'm... Absolutely on cloud nine. I can't believe it. So, um, Will Setterfield is a must-have in salary cap for me. He's that cheap and he's going to play in Colton's best 22 and score. Agreed. Um, he's definitely draftable in redraft towards the end as well because he has forward status. Late pick, yep. And keeper leagues, I mean, he's a must-have as well. He's such a Absolutely. good scorer. And so. I think he's going to um, get a lot of midfield minutes this year. Mm-hmm. Um because they're going to try and find a way to fit all of these gun mids in. Um, he's going to be one of the, the frontliners, I think. Yeah. The uh, the roller coaster of the JLT was Nick Newman. Uh, amazing mm-hmm. first game and yeah. just terrible in the second. Are you keen and still? 
9729. I'm still keen. Um, I think it was the nature of the game where they got smashed by Collingwood. Yep. Well, I say they got smashed. They got smashed in the midfield by Collingwood, so there were a lot of entries into um, Carlton's defence. Usually you'd say, well, that gives him a lot of opportunities to rebound. But I don't think Carlton actually really controlled the ball that much. There was when a they lot were of clean entry by Collingwood into their forward fifty. Which there is, wasn't a lot of intercept. Which possessions. is an absolute nightmare for rebounding defenders. They mm-hmm. can't do anything with that. So yeah. I'm still keen, um, but he's gonna. This is probably going to be his year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some real good highs, but there's going to be some lows. We saw at Sydney what he can do though yeah. when he gets given a run, and he will get given a run at Carlton. Yeah. Just one more point for Keeper Leagues before we move on. If mm-hmm. someone has dropped Paddy Dow in your Keeper grab League, him. grab him. Because I know he was underwhelming last year. He is a future star. He, he looks will like he's be, going to be great. He will be underwhelming this year as well. Agreed. And maybe mm. even in the third year, it'll yeah. be a slow word build. He's not someone yeah. like Sam Walsh who's going to burst onto the scene, you know, or a Tim Taranto or Clayton Oliver. He's not that yeah. style of player. But this guy just had so much class at underage level. He's he going, to, get going to be good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can produce this year. Uh, speaking of Collingwood and that absolute demolition in JLT2. Um, oh, see, here's the thing. They only won by like less than a goal. It was, yeah, it was but, a really good So game. it was a good effort by Carlton. But in terms of fantasy, they just didn't get hold of the ball. So it was yeah. a, a poorer effort when we talk about it that way. But... um. So, moving on to Collingwood. There's almost no one from Collingwood I actually want to talk about. No. Because it's pretty much just the usual suspects. It's, exactly. It's we Adam Trelaw, Sidebottom, Pendlebury. These are for drafts. Pendlebury yeah. mostly. Um, uh, Jack Crisp. The is, guy um, with most interest to me is Josh Thomas. Ooh. 95 and 101 for an average of 98 of 74 and 77% game time. You think he's a sleeper in draft leagues? Potentially, he has tantalised and hinted at fantasy game for a couple of years now mm-hmm. without ever actually putting together a consistent season. I would have thought he would do the same this year with Jamie Elliott back in the team, but yeah. those are two good scores. Mm. Um, I, I like the look of him as well. It's, it's I've always liked him as a player, and I've always wanted him to be fantasy relevant, but he hasn't mm. yet. So I'm not saying he's going to be this year, but those scores are quite interesting. Um playing in a forward line that looks close to full strength. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure whether he gets enough of the ball in, you know, in a real AFL season. I'm just, it's it's tough for me I to agree. say because he's done very, very well in this JLT. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree. I just can't bring myself to pick someone who I think is going to be a small, a pure forward pocket. And I think that's his role. Yeah, I agree. It was just looking through this list. He was really the only name there that I was like, mm, we can potentially talk about him. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, if you're looking at him, I'd only look at him in um, drafts mm-hmm. and very late pick. Yeah. The the other one I quickly want to touch on is um, uh, Jeremy Howe, who's just come back, or slowly coming back for an injury. Mm-hmm. Don't go too early on him in drafts. Don't look at him if you're a Collingwood fan in salary cap leagues. I know that he averages normally quite well, but it'll be a slower build back into it for me. He averages well, but not that well, mm. even when fully fit. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to the Dons. Yeah. Uh, so... Look, their, their number one averager for the JLT was Zach Clark. Don't touch Zach Clark. Bell Chambers is playing 100%. Yeah. Um, unless Bell Chambers is injured, which is why they sort of brought Zach Clark in. I don't hate it as a handcuff. If, in if, draft if, leagues, if yeah. You have a, if you have a deep draft with rucks where you actually need to use Bell Chambers, mm-hmm. hopefully you don't. But if you do need to use <laughs> Bell sad. Chambers, Zach Clark handcuff him because he looked really good when, in that one game he yeah. played. Jordan Ridley has a, had a bit of a preseason hype. Do you reckon there's anything to this? I'm actually worried whether I'm, he's best 22. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's best 22. Yeah. It's a lot of these guys, you know, these are JLT squads that are a bit bigger. They do have a lot of backs in uh, Saad, McKenna. Yeah. Um, they've got obviously Hurley, McGrath. Francis. Francis. There, there's just too many of them to squeeze in, I think. So yeah. I'm not convinced he plays early in the season. Um, I think from memory when he played last year, he scored well. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I'm thinking of someone else, but I think it's... No, no, he did, he did come in for two like two or three games, yeah. and he averaged very, very well, got injured. pushed out, yeah. Yeah, um, so if he plays, I think he'll score well. I'm not convinced he'll play early. Mm. Uh, I'm very, very interested by Dyson Heppel this year. I'm very interested, because okay. Dyson Heppel, mm-hmm. uh, I just feel that this is the year that he gets back to very good scoring, that he goes from that guy who was averaging about 100, 101, mm-hmm. and can push up to 105... Maybe just above there. I think that he's going to go back to being a true premium. Um, Hopefully. He's, 
somewhat underpriced, but you know, still 738k. He's not in yeah, salary cap. He's not one I'd look at. I wouldn't be looking at him in he's, salary. He's going to be one of those midfielders that falls to around about pick 60ish or 70ish in, in your draft. drafts. Yeah. So if you can wait on Dyson Heppel, he's a great pickup on the yeah. back end. And on the other side of that. David Zaharakis. Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about him all preseason. So, but I want to put a different spin on it. Mm-hmm. We've had the theory that with Shield coming in, he might get freed up a little bit. Do you reckon it takes away somewhat? He got 56 from 86% of game mm-hmm. time and 88 from 90% of game time. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Now, maybe it's just JLT and he's not trying that hard because he's, he's walk-up best 22. Yep. But those numbers do concern me a little bit. They do. Um, I'm not 100% sure what to make of that because I honestly... I still think in my heart of hearts that he is going to be playing off of a wing. He's not going to be tagged with Shield, Merritt in the side. Um, obviously, we're not going to mention Merritt either because he's he's a gun. Yeah, we, don't we know what he's going to deliver. Um, I I still think that Zaharakis is going to be very good for draft owners this year. I think you're right, but those numbers are a little concerning. Mm. Um, and again, they didn't... Essendon as a whole didn't have a particularly great fantasy scoring JLT too. Um, even players like you know Devin Smith, who's still going to be a gun this year, only got fifty five from seventy two percent game time. Yeah. You know, I think we got to take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, so and Zach Merritt, obviously, yeah, he he got seventeen from thirty six percent in the first one. So that's you can't really take these numbers too seriously. Yeah. Um, two of the guys quickly before we move on that uh, forwards, uh, Darcy Parrish and Kyle Langford, who are People that real danger. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on those guys. I own them both in a keeper league, yeah. and I'm worried about them because what's their midfield forward split going to be? Not positive. Yeah, it's so going to be very forward weighted. I think if if you think that they're going to spend a lot of time in the midfield and you're going to take them a bit earlier in drafts because of that, I'd just be wary. I I Langford, I think, will play only forward, mm-hmm. and. Parrish, I think, will play predominantly forward. I wouldn't be really looking at either of them in any format this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to Frio. Uh, now, Frio are at risk at the moment in salary cap of being a, a bit fantasy irrelevant. Um, Fife is really the only one that I would be considering in uh, salary cap. I would look at Brayshaw in salary cap. Brayshaw and Chera maybe as well. If Not Chera, Brayshaw. Yeah. But Brayshaw is underpriced. He's 485. I believe he can come in an average about 85 this year. Um, I think he's got a lot of money to make. Well, Um, a a bit of money to make. But I think there's too many other mid-prices in there for salary cap for me. So, I mean, I'd be going Dom Sheed ahead of him. I'd be going um, Tom Liberatore over Mm -hmm. him. And there's a few others in there that I would be... Yeah, I would as well, and I have so far. Um, But if you want a different... A bit of a point of difference... As a mid-pricer in your midfield, mm-hmm. I do like Brayshaw. Yeah, not too bad. Um, and realistically, who else is there in that midfield to get the ball? Yeah, that's true. Um, he, the, he's legitimately going to be Frio's number two midfielder. Yeah. Oh, sorry, number three after Monday. Yeah, it's it's just a bit of a wasteland, isn't it? Um, so, another one that I, I feel will still have a good year this year. Didn't have the best showing in the JLT. Uh, Luke Ryan, I think, is really going to benefit from the kick-ins. I really hope so, but his JLT was pretty ugly. It was average, wasn't it? It was worse than average. It was ugly. Mm. Um, Brett Bewley is one of the... I mean, preseason. this is the guy that everyone had locked in as one of their rookies. Um, did he show you enough to say that he'd definitely be playing? He didn't play enough. Mm. 39 and 41% game time. Which worries me. Surely that that's... JLT's the time where they test some of these guys Yeah, out. I don't think he's in the round one plans. Mm. I, I am a little bit worried about... Um, Which interests me because Frio don't really have a wealth of midfield options. No, they don't. And this guy's a mature age winger. And Fife wasn't playing either. So, yeah, you so know, Fife has missed out on the JLT... So, based on all of that, he's not playing round one. Mm. Another one is um, Griffin Logue, who everyone had locked in as well. He's not going to have an injury in JLT2. Not really going to score. If he comes up for round one, he'll be in my team just because he'll be a heartbeat. Um, and mm. he might get around about 55 per game and just eke you some cash. I reckon 55's going to be pushing it. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, I, I think he can do about 55. That, that'd that be my sort of number for him. Yeah, 50-ish. I like I said, he's a heartbeat, but not a hell of a lot more. Yeah, it's tough to say at this early stage of the season, isn't it? Um, especially when we don't know what the best playing two is. Frio is quite hard to read. Um, it is. All right, move on to Geelong. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of obvious guys in here as well. Very similar to Collingwood. I mean, there's Paddy Dangerfield, 
Joel Selwood was terrific in the second and awful in the first. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I suppose he only played 52% in the first. And also, time. that's Joel Selwood. Yeah, true. <laughs> that, that's his fantasy career in a nutshell. Um, Luke Dalhouse, any interest to you? Um, before JLT2, I would have said no. And now I will still say no, but with an asterisk. <laughs> Just chuck an asterisk on every single player. Um, I think he was brought across to provide forward pressure. Mm. He's going to play forward. We know from his time at the Bulldogs that he scores when he's given midfield minutes. Yep. This is one of the... There's a lot of big name midfielders here. I can't see him getting enough minutes to score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, the uh, the two underage or the two um, draftees uh, sort of price players, Jordan Clark and Charlie Constable, in my eyes, they're both must-haves because Charlie Constable looks like he's going to be playing round one. And if he is, you have to have a 170k player in his side. If he plays round one, he's definitely in my side. Again, I'm not 100% convinced that he plays round one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he squeezes in uh, because I think that they're looking for that tall body to allow... Um, I don't think they are. Do you, do you reckon... Well, Ablett moving out of there, Duncan moves in for more... Um, mm-hmm. Midfield time, so yeah. more contested ball time. Yeah. Um, Dangerfield plays predominantly mid. mid midfield this and year, And he's yeah. your tall, burst away from packs mm-hmm. midfielder. See, I had a little bit of a look, and it did look at one stage like Joel Selwood was running a bit more free and even moving off of halfback a little bit in the JLT. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the difference for me. But if he's play- named round one, you, oh, you start If he's it. named, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, Jordan Clark Jordan will play round one, and I think he's a must-have for the couple of weeks. He's there before Chewy comes back. Yeah, huge target in keeper leagues as well. You need Someone needs to draft this guy in a top-up league. He looks like he's going to be a very good long-term defender. Yeah. Which is, I mean, which is gold. We want these guys who are going to retain defensive or forward status. Yeah. And then just very quickly, um, the Ruck situation at Geelong is no better than last year. <laughs> we thought Darcy Fort might be the um, the, the hero that we I needed. I thought he was going to be the saviour. He's not. He's nothing. It's just, uh, they didn't it's, even really play him. Reese um, Stanley will still be the number one Ruck until he gets injured or... Um, the wind changes. Yeah, there's only a couple. Of the wind changes. There's only a couple of um, teams out there with a worse or more confusing ruck situation than uh, than Geelong, and we'll be getting to them a little bit later in the piece. But for now, we're going to move on to uh, Gold Coast. I, uh, not um, a lot to talk about. No, not a lot. I mean, uh, Braden Fiorini. I'll talk about until the bloody cows come home because he looks like an absolute champion. Ninety-two and one hundred and twelve uh, draft leagues. Don't go too early on him because he does play for Gold Coast, but in keeper leagues, this guy is a must-have. Yep, agreed. Um, and he's underpriced, I guess, in salary caps, but there's too many other good options. I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap. Um, yep. Is, is there anyone that you really want to talk about? Mate, Jack Bowes is someone that's Jack been Jack Bowes, up. who I picked up in our keeper top-up a couple of hours ago. Now, this is for Ultimate Footy we're talking because Jack Bowes in Ultimate yeah. Footy has back status, which yes. was massive in... Uh, AFL Fantasy, he's just a mid. Yep. Useless. Pretty much. Um, but in Ultimate Footy, because he has that back status, there is a lot of talk that he will play more midfield this year. Mm-hmm. His scores weren't amazing in the JLT, 63 and 72, off 65 and 77% game time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need someone in the midfield. They don't have a lot of great midfielders. He's been, He was a high draft pick, and he's been touted as a ball-winning underager. Yep. Um, so there is upside there. As a defender. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Only an ultimate footy. But I'm, having said that, and having said the fact I drafted him, I'm not convinced he's actually going to be good. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really tough it's, to say. It's just a speculative pick at this stage. Yeah. Um, one that was on a lot of lists at the start of the preseason, Anthony Miles. He's actually slipped off of a lot of people's teams uh, due to some poorer scoring in the JLT. Mm. Don't be fooled by that because that is coming off of less game time. So... 55 and 77% Mm -hmm. game time in his two games. Yeah, so... Didn't score well, but... I I still think there's a place for him and that he goes up enough in his price to to be eligible for a salary cap spot. He's shown at Richmond that he can quite easily go at about 80 as an inside mid and that's what they brought him across to do. So, um, because it's um, Gold Coast, maybe knock a few points off that. So, say he can go about 75 (laughs) Yeah, definitely don't price him too high, um, in your opinions. Uh, 
One, another guy, obviously, this makes it a little bit easier, the fact that he's injured and has a hamstring, but a lot of people would have had Isaac Rankin in their teams. No. Don't have Isaac Rankin in your salary cap team at all this year. He's no. not going to score well enough. No. He is only a keeper guy, and even then, he is a long, long-term stash. He's a stash. Um, pretty much the same as Lukosius as well. Yeah, absolutely. You could make the same argument. Long-term mm-hmm. keeper stash, not relevant in any other formats. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to uh, GWS, who looked like absolute champions in this preseason and they've got a lot of fantasy guys that are 100% relevant um, uh, your, your girlfriend uh, your girlfriend your wife my wife your wife stuck her head in Tara the just stuck her head in the door and gave us a wave so <laughs> threw me completely <laughs> um, but uh, Stephen Canelio I've got him in my side now as my highest priced midfielder over McRae Ooh, do you know? in my salary cap league I think that this guy's going to go big this year and I've always had big raps on Canelio so I have no issues with people that are choosing to start Canelio as their number one mid to save a bit of money there it's it's saving you about 80k I don't hate it at all Um, Um, McRae you're paying for what you're getting exactly or you're going to get what you're paying for there's not value there yeah um, I, I think another one to look at Tim Taranto looks like an absolute champion I think there well. is value here that's going to be big so he's 660,000 he's someone that you could look at instead of say for example like a Dusty Martin who's an underpriced premium yep. I've got Tim Taranto in my side over Dusty Martin at the same. moment yeah. same he's, he just looks like he's going to have a terrific year he's going to kick it looks like he's going to average about 100 which will yeah, get you, I, I think, dead on 100, something like that, which means it'll net you an extra 150k on top of his price. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and and I think moving forward, this guy's the limit for this guy. He's oh, going to be amazing. Keeper must have. I mean, uh, again, he's he's one of my guys, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking about him. You can do all the, uh, the commentary there. Um, what do you think of Whitfield starting up? Would you start with Whitfield in a salary cap league? Obviously, he's um, one of the top defenders. Up until I brought uh, Miller in a couple of days ago, I had Whitfield. Mm. So I got rid of Whitfield to bring and brought Miller in to free up some cash to bring Gorn in. So yeah. he, up until a couple of days ago, he was in my starting salary cap side. So yeah. I reckon he's going to have a good year. Um, for me, he's probably the number three defender for mm-hmm. the year. Besides yeah. behind Lloyd and Laird. Laird, and he's only just behind Laird. Yeah. I'd say they're probably about even, actually. Yeah, see, I'm starting off with, with Lloyd. Um, I, I believe I've got Witherden in my starting side as well, and then it mm-hmm. drops off, so I've tried to save some cash in the back line. Yeah. Um, obviously, going Brody Smith and Zach Williams, who's another GWS guy who yeah. you need to have. If you don't have Zach Williams, you're doing it wrong, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that injury issue that everyone's talking about is anything really. They're just resting him before yeah, the start agreed. of the season. Um, all right, so we'll move on from GWS because there are oh, actually quickly before we do um, the two gun rookies, uh, yeah. Jai Caldwell and uh, Jackson Haitley. Yeah, they are great ones to target in a keeper league. Mm-hmm. Don't be looking at them in redrafts or in salary cap no. this year. They're not going to play enough this year or score highly enough this year to. Justify this. No. At, well, at the very least, don't start with them. If they're looking good after a couple of weeks, maybe consider them in salary cap because mm-hmm. where they're priced, they're not going to go up a lot quickly. They're going to be slow burners. 100%. All right, move on to the Hawks. Yes. Um, so the Hawks do have a couple of guys that I'm quite interested in, actually, particularly from a draft league point of view where these guys are going to fall. Yeah. Uh, Jager O'Meara was their highest average with the one game from against Richmond. Yeah. He's going to fall in draft leagues. Because um, people forget about it. And there's still, I know for me personally, anytime I look at his name, there's always a little alarm bell that goes off and goes, oh, his knees. Yeah. His knees aren't good. Yeah. Them knees. Them, them knees. Them knees not good. Oh, it's, um, I, I am a little bit worried about Jaeger, but he's going to fall in draft league. So you can get him later Absolutely. On. And this is going to be a great year for him because yeah. he's going to be the main man. Yeah, it's it's basically all him because the rest, we're looking at like Liam Shields in there who's not your solid, number one midfield. He's, he's a solid guy to pick up in a draft league as well this mm-hmm. year because someone's got to get the points. They're going to be spread around a little. Yeah. Um, but the guy who's going to get a lot of the points for me is James Cousins. Yeah, um, I really like him this year. Everyone's talking about him. He's 329000 in a salary cap league. Mm-hmm. Can you afford to... Ha- I mean, there's there's so many mid-prices as is. Is he someone you'd look at? In salary no, cap? No, because of all the other options available. 
he's an awkward price. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's not rookie priced. No. Um, and he's not even a, a true mid-pricer. And he's, he's not someone I would... Tr- like, Liberatore is only a little bit more expensive than this guy. Yeah. And I know that if he is fit, he plays every single game. Yes. Whereas James Cousins, I haven't seen enough of him he in an AFL season. Yeah. And the other thing is... I think Cousins probably has a higher ceiling than Libra, but Libra is probably the safer pick to make you money. Yeah. Um, James Warple, forward. Um, he's locked in my side 100% Same. and a Same. really good draft option towards the end because he's not in the top echelon of forwards, so he'll fall a little bit and you can get him a bit later. He'll average very well for you. Um, James Sicily didn't have the best JLT, but he's still going to be a top six defender. He'll be good. No question. He'll be good. And there is that... Almost set in stone top six, top seven defenders this year yeah. that everyone's going to have at the end of the year. It's not going to change too much. Can almost guarantee um, it. Harry Morrison. Yeah, he's another one that could benefit. 47 and 65 of 77 and 76% game time. Mm. Underwhelming. I was expecting more from him. Yeah, I, I was expecting him to do a little bit more. Uh, but James we, Cousins was the one that I didn't see prior yeah. to the um, you know the JLT hype and the coaches talking about it prior to these two games. Mm. Um, he, and yeah. I guess I'm talking Morrison from a draft perspective. Yeah, one hundred He's not a salary cap guy, uh, obviously. Also, salary cap, however, Jack Scrimshaw is one to take a really close look at. 203 rookie price, basically. Mm. If he's named in round one, they, they'll want someone to play that sort of virtual role. And virtual, jeez, who knows if he's going to play. Well, Scrimshaw is, going, is the heir apparent to the virtual role, yeah. even if virtual comes back, which we're not sure about. Um, no idea. And halfbacks for Hawthorne historically, really good draft yeah. options. Yeah, 100%. So I'll, I'll be very, very interested to see Jack Scrimshaw's role and whether he keeps a spot in the best 22. Uh, we'll move on to Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, all right. No, let, let's just answer the Gorn question right off the bat because Gorn came out and it looks like Proust is going to be playing VFL. Proust is injured at the moment. He mm. injured himself well, in a VFL game, but apparently he's a good chance to be fit for round one. Oh, Jesus. Not 100%, but a decent chance to be fit for round one. I personally have not at, at any point thought that they can play in the same team. No, no, it was a terrible decision in my opinion for him to move away from a team where there is an aging Ruckman who he can be the heir apparent to into one of the few teams in the AFL with a set in stone sort of mid-twenties Ruckman who's going to play for the next seven or eight years. Yeah, I mean, from, from, my, from my perspective... Even taking your, like pretty much disregard that and throw that because it's done and dusted. Now. Yeah, he's there. Right decision, wrong decision. It's happened. Mm-hmm. He's there. I don't think they can play the two of them in the same team as well as Wiedemann and Tom McDonald. Yeah, they're too top heavy if they do that. Agreed. So I think they ditch one of Tom McDonald or Wiedemann, which I don't think they want to do. No. Nope. Or. Only one of Gorn or Proust plays. Yeah, and I think and Gorn is the, the better option. Of course, <laughs> Proust is an amazing backup to come in if he needs a break or anything. But I can't see them playing both for longer than the couple of weeks it takes them to realise they're too top heavy. Yeah. So if Proust is fit, mm-hmm. but named in the VFL, so he's left out of the side in round one, are you starting with Gorn this year? Are you going to just go the set and forget Grundy and Gorn? At the moment, that's what I've got, but I. Doing so has cost me some top line defenders, yeah. so I've got to weigh that up at this stage it's, and it's see really what's the better option. Because there, if if Proust is one hundred percent, you know, uh, not going to play, if they're not going to interfere with each other's scoring, mm. you need to end the year with Gorn and uh, Gorn and Grady. I, I think, even if at times they trial playing Proust with him, mm-hmm. he's Gorn is. Is he'll take a hit to his scoring, but he'll still probably end up being the second best ruck anyway. Yeah, okay. So the only question is whether you start with him or whether you hope that he drops a bit in value and you pick him up cheaper. Yeah. Um, uh, any other others from the you know standouts? I mean, obviously we've got to be looking at Brayshaw, Clayton Oliver very yeah. early in your draft. Obvious guys: Christian Petrarca, ninety-three and eighty-three from eighty-two and eighty percent game time. It could be the year, but is it, it the year? It never is the year. We always hope, but it never seems to be. So there's a question mark next to him. The scores interested me, but I'm not not enough to actually go after him. Yeah. From memory, this is his fifth year, so mm, I will, like that. yeah. It's um. So this is the year that he should be having a go. He should be breaking out, being yeah. a real fantasy contender. Wouldn't look at him in salary cap, but no, in no. draft leagues, 
Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt you to go a yeah. little bit earlier on someone like this. Yeah. And the other draft guy who, uh, again, I picked up in our top-up, keeper top-up league um, just before was Michael Hibbard, whether yeah. he can bounce back this year. It's a very speculative pick, late pick in drafts, assuming you haven't already done your draft. A lot of you would have. Um, but, yeah, that, he look, putting it this way, he probably can't do any worse than he did last year. Yeah, I, I think that he'll improve. He's not enough, not enough for me to include him in my salary cap team. But enough for me to look at him with a late, late draft pick. Yeah. Um, so the North, rest of them are pretty yeah. much all what we'd expect, I think. Exactly. Uh, North Melbourne, uh, on the other hand, uh, they've gone into a little bit less fantasy irrelevance. I mean, they've always been someone that we don't look at from a fantasy point I of view. would say they're trending towards fantasy relevance. Mm, I <laughs> I'm never going to back that up, ever. No, 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 they're not there, but they're trending towards it. Okay, so they're slowly, they're crawling towards yeah, fantasy exactly. relevance. Um, They've spotted there. there's a ladder, and they're slowly crawling towards <laughs> so, it. They're not, on the la- they're not on the ladder yet. No, they're not there yet, yeah, but they're, they're getting They've there. seen the ladder. They're on their way. Um, so, yeah, the, the couple of guys that I would be looking at is... Um, oh, I'd be looking at someone like uh, Sean Higgins, uh, old draft guys as well. Sean Higgins, Jared Pollock, I think, can have a good year from a fantasy point of view. Yep. Um, Jamie McMillan interests me very late. Yeah, same. I'm very interested in him. He He's only played the one JLT because he got injured, mm-hmm. but 145, we disregard that because that's ridiculous. He's yeah, not going to do he's that, not doing that again this year. But... He was taking all of the kick-ins. Mm-hmm. He was the loose guy when they had a loose guy that was intercepting and rebounding. He was the go-to conduit out of defense. Oh, it was glorious. It was amazing. He won't do that every week, but there's a lot to like from what he delivered. Absolutely. And there's a lot of guys who, especially in keeper leagues, you should be looking at uh, in your top-up drafts. Guys like uh, Paula Hearn, Bailey Scott, um, LDU, <laughs> someone might have dropped him last yes. year. Um, we had a great ju- argument just before about Bailey Scott. It was a we, long argument. About we won't go into again, but um, we c- yeah. Ju- just to sum- summarize it a little bit for you, I am of the opinion that Bailey Scott, if uh, the ruse aren't you know overcome with injuries, he is not best twenty two this year. I think he starts the year in the best twenty two in round one, and as such, he's currently in my salary cap side. Interesting. If he is named round one, I would highly recommend having him in your salary cap. Um, we disagree on how long he will remain yeah. in the best twenty two or if he's there at all. If he's named round one, he'll be in my side. Um, that's because players like Nick Hind from St Kilda, some some preseason guys who mm. had a bit more hype, they really haven't shown enough that they'll get around one spot. Bailey yeah. Scott showed something. Yeah. I 100% agree with that every day of the week. Um, um, so, for drafts, if you have Todd Goldstein, not the worst <laughs> idea to handcuff him with Tom Campbell. Yeah. Tom um, Campbell last, has... Last, last pick. Last, last pick, because no one else is going to go near him. Mm-hmm. Tom Campbell has always scored well when he's on the park. Mm. He just never got an opportunity at Dogs. He won't get much of an opportunity at North either, but if Goldie goes down injured, he's the only other option. Yeah, it's why it's a handcuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll move on to Port Adelaide. Uh, all right, Tommy Rockcliffe. Currently in my team. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't bring myself to pick Tom Rockcliffe. I just can't do it. So, all right, so take the name away. Yeah. $600,000 fallen premium. Mm. Second year at a new club. Mm. Over injury concerns. And just went 178. Shit. All right, there's another guy that I want to talk... I'll, I'll bring him up later. Yeah. But at the moment, that interests me. The numbers interest me if you take away the name. but And also the fact that he plays for Port Adelaide. Because yes. Port Adelaide are one of those teams that I don't want anywhere near my salary cap side. And even in draft leagues, they're a bit iffy. Yeah. Um, All right, put it this way. Risk-reward. If you start him, he's 600k. If it doesn't work... He ha- he's not going to drop in price. Mm. He's already probably the cheapest he's ever going to be. Yeah, I guess. He's not going to drop in price. You're convincing me and I hate it. <laughs> worst, case, against him. worst case scenario, you give him a couple of weeks, he remains more or less around the same price and you downgrade him to an Andy Brasher or someone. Oh, God. Or, or a rookie that you missed. Alright, you're slowly convincing me and I'm going to move on from him. But yeah. I, I get the argument and I want to bring this up a little bit later okay, in the cool. podcast. Cool. Um, so, some of the other guys that I'm a little bit interested in, especially in the draft league, Travis Boak. Very interested. Forward, he looks like he's back in the midfield and, and they need to play in there. He's not a forward. Mm. 
but he has forward status this year in a redraft league. That's huge. If you already own him in a keeper league, hold on to him because he's going to do very well for you. He's priced too high for me in salary cap. I've got him. You've got, oh, gee, you've got so many mid-prices. You've got a very unconventional I'm in, side. I'm in danger of going mid-price madness this year. Man. I've got him in my forward line in salary cap. Reason being, mm-hmm. I don't like many of the premiums. Yeah. And I don't think there's pretty much any decent rookies yeah. in the forward line. So you kind of have to go mid-prices. Mm-hmm. And I was trusting up him or Mundy, and he's like 50k cheaper. Yeah. So yeah, like Mundy it is. Um, in keeper leagues, so, both it is. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah. um, it is. Uh, Monday it wasn't. For keeper leagues, uh, in your mm-hmm. top up drafts, Zach Butters and Xavier Dersma should be ones that you target very high for me. So, yeah, agreed. Uh, Zach Butters is going to be a very, very good fantasy player, and Xavier Dersma also. But Xavier Dersma has has the added bonus of being a defender status this year. I think Dersma will be better long term, but will be a potentially a slower build. Mm-hmm. But at least he has that defensive status. It lets yeah. you. It gives you the possibility of playing him on your field more often when he's a bit younger. Agreed. Because as a midfielder, if you've got an you know, someone who's averaging 75 in the midfield, that's terrible. If you've got a 75 average in your defense at D5... It's startable. It's not the worst. It's startable. It's, it's not, yeah. it's gr- it's it's not good, startable. but it's, it's startable. very startable. Um, so some of those guys are definitely people that you should be targeting. Uh, on the other hand, Connor Rosie hasn't shown enough yet. Mm, I, you can wait a little bit on him, but he will be taken in top-up leagues this year. He will, yeah. Um, um, unfortunately. So and the, Ryan Burton, I'm not... Sure. No, I'm yet. not going near Ryan Burton. I've got no idea because they've got other players. Obviously, Xavier Dersma, we just mentioned. Riley Bonner, I don't know where he fits into it. There's another player in Sam Powell Pepper, which I just yeah. don't know what he's going to do. Like, I've highlighted him in red as a void. Port Adelaide is one of those teams where you just... I don't think they play a style which is suited to fantasy footy. So, Agreed. And uh, their players switch around positions that mm-hmm. often they don't really get consistency yet. Uh, speaking of teams that don't really play a style con- uh, that conveys into fantasy footy, mm-hmm. uh, Richmond. Yes. One, of, one of the best teams going around, don't get me wrong, they're going to be in the top two of the competition this year when it all comes down to it. But Probably, yeah. they are not a fantasy footy side. It will be interesting to see if the six 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 setup allows them to play a more fantasy-friendly style. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks about how it impacts on their game style and setup, um, which I'm looking forward to seeing once the yeah. season starts. Um, Dusty uh, Martin is one that, while yes, I'm looking at still, um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be going too early on because, like I say, he, he had a down year last year and they haven't shown enough to me just yet say that they're going to spread the ball around and share it a lot Mm. Um, they move it very very quickly down the field which is great to watch it's great for footy but it's not good for fantasy and and they move it they you know they soccer the ball ahead sometimes just to get it moving there's a lot of tap-ons and flick-ons that are great teamsmanship and look awesome no fantasy points yeah Uh, in terms of some draft guys uh, I really like Jaden Short this year I think he's going to be a very good option that falls in drafts Um, I really like the look of uh, you know even in salary cap leagues uh, or especially if salary cap leagues actually as a uh, rookie price player um, Noah Bolter if he's named round one could be not interested Oh, not interested. If he plays, he's playing third tall forward. Yeah, true. Chopping out in the ruck. Mm. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be too bad. He's 170k, and if he can get a 60 average doing that, that gets you points. I reckon 60 average would be pushing it. Mm. Um, he, he is a third tall forward in his second year. I've got in a team that doesn't get enough of the ball to share around for fantasy. Right, I've got another comparison for you coming up a little bit later, yeah. so I'll bring that up when we get to St Kilda. Yep. So remind cool. me. Um, mm-hmm. Because I will forget. Um, cool. Some of the other guys to have a little bit of a look at in your draft leagues. Uh, I uh, Nick Floston is someone that always falls to the very, very late rounds and could be better this year. He's, he's done it in the past where he's averaged high 70s. Uh, as I think he's going to stay about where he has mm. for the last couple of years. I wouldn't see there's much upside yeah. there. Is, is there anyone that you would actually target? From Richmond. Um, in a draft. Jack Higgins in keeper leagues. If he's unowned, he's Higgins, definitely one to have I, for the I've future. highlighted Higgins. I found it really interesting. He went 87 from 80% game time and 103 from 82% game time. And Dusty, Cochin, and Prestia all played. Mm, yeah. So their midfield was there. Yeah, true. And he 
was their highest averaging player. Yeah. But here's the thing, guys. Do not draft Cochin early. Do not draft Prestia early. Martin's someone that you can draft mm. in the fourth round, fourth or fifth round yeah. quite comfortably. But he's the only Richmond player I'd be drafting that early. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, so it's all a wait and see on some of these guys, to be honest, depending on what the game style is like. Um, all right, we're at St. Kilda now. Yep. So I'll, I'll bring it up quickly. Uh, if you were to compare Noah Bolter with Matthew Parker, who's another really hype sort of guy who looks like he's going to play round one. Both of those guys are playing round one. You mm-hmm. need someone to come in as a 170k rookie. Who are you looking at more? Parker, because everyone else is going to have him as well. So the risk is yeah, mitigated. The risk, yeah, that's true. The and, risk is mitigated. And sometimes with these cash cows, it's better to mitigate the risk than it is with... Uh, you know, a mid-pricer or a, a premium that you think is going to yep. move to an ultra-premium this year. Yep. Um, I agree with you there. So, yeah, I have Matthew Parker in my side at the moment. I do as well. I don't like Walter. it, but I've got him. But he looks like he's going to play, and you need that yeah. heartbeat from your cash cows. Absolutely. He will be a slow burn. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, one guy that had a great game in the second one, Rowan Marshall, he... Absolutely smash it out of the park. I don't like saying it because you've just come off of a... <laughs> a bit of a sore point. Yeah, it's a sore spot for Matt. Uh, we've just had our keeper top-up draft and he took Tom Hickey two spots before Rowan Marshall was picked. With the expectation that no one would take Marshall and I'd pick him two picks after he ended up being taken. It was a calculated risk. You thought the name Tom Hickey would be you know, someone that would be mm-hmm. taken a bit early. You'll take him a couple of picks beforehand, pick up... Uh, Rowan Marshall and those are two that you can sort of offset with your main Ruckman Gorn yep. so we play in a two Ruck league um, yes. did not work out the way I had hoped oh, but this... in hindsight I I really like Rowan Marshall yeah and keep in mind in AFL Fantasy he's just a forward in Ultimate Footy he's a forward Ruck yeah um, he looks like he's going to be a very good fantasy player. I would only look at him in Ultimate Footy and only like, so, so only obviously from a draft perspective yeah because he's got that very useful DPP and mm-hmm. probably only in two ruck leagues as well. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be looking at him in a run one ruck league, but he's someone that will fall. Uh, Jack Billings, did he show you enough? Yes. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I'm going to start a year with him again. I'm not starting with him. I am. But he's on my watch list for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to have Jack Billings in your team at some stage this year, if that's what you're thinking, if you think he's going to be a top six forward... I think you have to start with him because he's going to go up by 100k if you feel that he's going to be a top six forward. Mm. And then, you know, what, what's the what's the point of chasing him when he's gone up so much? Um, because I'm not convinced he's going to be a top six yet. I want to give him a couple yeah, of weeks. So that's see. the thing. If you are convinced that he's a top six or top seven forward, maybe, get him at the start. Mm. Don't wait on him. If you're still not sure, then... Then you can go someone else. Yeah, uh, Jack Steele looks like an absolute draft champ. He yep, loves Steele. Absolute god. Another one who's going to fall very late, but it has forward status this year. Jack Nunes looked good in the preseason. Mm. I'm yeah, I'm not not fully convinced that he's going to translate it to the um, season proper, but his preseason's been really good. That forward status just gives you a little bit of something, though. Bit of flexibility. Exactly. It yeah. just gives you a bit of something there. Um, so, some of the other players that we... I mean, the big one in the preseason was Jade Gresham, who did not show anything at all. No. In Interestingly, in our top-up draft, he went from potentially the second player off the board, and he slid to pick 12. 12, yeah. So, he slid a long way. Purely off the back of those two horrible JLT games. Mm-hmm. It's... But there's a reason for that. He really didn't look like he was being played in the position people thought he was going to be. Interestingly, I actually thought he did get a lot of mid-time. Well, not a lot of mid-time. Enough mid-time to show something. He just didn't show anything. Yeah, Um, He didn't get enough of the ball. We we mentioned him earlier as well, but Nick Hind didn't get enough game time. Didn't look like he has a spot in the best 22. If he's named, there's a chance he might be in my side. But I'd be taking him out of your plans for your um, yep. your starting round one uh, AFL salary cap. Yep, score. agreed. Uh, Sydney? Move on to Sydney. Um, Jake Lloyd, must have at the end road. of the year. You know what you're going to get. Um, the one that I'm having a bit of a look at is Ryan Clark in draft leagues at the moment. Really like him, yeah. He looks like he's going to play midfield minutes, doesn't he? And, he does. and Sydney, I mean, I, everybody does. says it, but Sydney have that knack of recycling these players and getting them in the right position. And Clark was a good underage scorer. 
I seem to remember an article when he was traded to Sydney where he said he wanted to... He was told he might get some midfield minutes mm-hmm. with Hanabry going. Um, I think there's a lot to like there. You wait on him. You don't take him too no. long. Don't reach for him because no. people will forget about Ryan And Clark. there is risk there. So, yeah, absolutely don't reach for him. Mm-hmm. But if he slides far enough, I'd say he's probably a mid, mid-range pick. Yeah. Uh, I really like the upside that's there. Mm-hmm. Callum Mills look good, looks good this year as well. He's got defensive status, yeah. even though he's probably going to play defense quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's still going to average about 80 to 85, which is great yeah, for draft league. I think it's enough for drafts. Don't be picking him up in salary cap leagues, though. Um, I wouldn't be, no. Another one that did all cap, like... Pretty well was Alir Alir. He looked to show a little bit of something. Uh, that's the 105. I think he might have played back up rock. He did. He did. So, And I think they might need that. I think there's a chance they might play Sinclair as the main rock and Alir Alir as the backup this year after such a good showing. I can't see anyone else that they would play as the backup rock at this stage because mm. Naismith is still a long way off. Um, and Darcy Cameron obviously wasn't good enough last year when they looked at him. So... Yeah. I, I can't see any other options. Alir Alir could be the guy. He's very, athletic enough to do it. Very interested. Just one more as well. Papa Papley. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of our boys. Uh, Papa Papley. Tom Papley. Uh, looks like he's going to get more midfield time as well. I know that's the buzzword at the moment. Yeah. But he did look like he was in and around the ball a lot more. Well, I had him in keep, our keeper league last year because I was expecting that he'd get midfield time. And mm-hmm. he reverted back to that forward <laughs> pocket sort of. Yep. Um, so it's happening a year later than... I was hoping it would, but I really like him. When he's when he gets midfield minutes, he can quite easily churn out high 70s, low 80s yeah. for fun. Agree. Um, all right, we're going to move on to West Coast. So yeah. only a couple of teams to go. Um, and I'm going to bring up that comparison from earlier. All so, right. all right. I am, Who are we talking about again? Tommy Rockliffe, yep. 600,000 mm-hmm. versus Dom Sheed at 539,000. Dom Sheed has gone 136 and 123 for an average of 129. Tom Rockliffe had a poor first JLT game mm-hmm. and then smashed it in the second. He's 70k more expensive, but he is a forward premium, so he's proved in the past that he can score very well, whereas Dom Sheed hasn't. Who would you go out of the two in your salary cap squad? Um, I, at the moment, have got Rockliffe. You've got in Rockliffe. My team. Okay. I think it's worthwhile noting that. Dom Sheed's second massive score was against Frio mm-hmm. and their non-existent midfield. Yeah. Um, against Geelong, though, they had most of their team over there. Absolutely. They a strong absolutely. squad. But I think from memory last year, Geelong did give up scores. Mm. I, I just feel like the, the ceiling that he showed there mm. in both games was very good, which leads me to believe that if he does have poorer games or struggles, mm. he's going to get enough tackles and points that way to still eke out your hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I to be honest, I'd be happy with either one of them in my team at this stage. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I've gone with Rockliffe. I'm the opposite. I've gone yeah. Dom Sheed myself. Uh, but it's a real toss of the coin. It's very, yeah. very interesting I do like the fact that Sheed is, what did you say, 60k cheaper? Yeah. 61k cheaper? I do like that a lot. Mm. And... Yeah, I, they're just great scores. He's a re, he looks really good. There's a, He's not going to fall in draft leagues anymore because people are going to be hyped up about him. Yep. But you might pick him up a lot lower than he should be based on these averages. My concern with Sheed, and I guess it's also a concern with Rockliffe, is he's very similar to the rest of the midfield mm-hmm. in yeah. the team he plays for. Yeah. it's, it's um, a- He doesn't really bring anything different. Mm. I, I'm not 100% sure, again, whether he can replicate the fantasy scoring from the finals and JLT. It's going to be interesting to see, but mm. he is that bit cheaper, so you've got that little bit of a safety net there. Yeah. Um, we'll move on from Dom Sheed, because there are a couple more to talk about. Shannon Hearn did, looked good. I mean, everyone was talking preseason that he might be one who benefits from the kick-in rule. Yep. He I, looked decent. So I think I remember reading somewhere that he actually... He didn't really take advantage of the rule. He just kicked not, from inside the square. Not as much, no. But I think his last two years has shown he's in the conversation for the D5 to 8, mm-hmm. I'd say. In a... In, a, in yeah. salary cap. Yeah, in salary cap. He's yeah. in that conversation, so I don't mind starting with him. Yeah, and he's definitely someone that you should be targeting in draft leagues after that top echelon of defenders falls away. So, yeah. 
after you... he's in that second tier. Exactly, one hundred percent. So, and he's he's just one that I feel will definitely benefit from that kick in rule. Um, you know, there's the obvious ones like Jack Redden, Elliot Yo, and Gaff. Those guys are going to be very good midfielders again this year. Yep. Wouldn't be tar- obviously with Gaff's suspension. I wouldn't be targeting any of these guys right now in salary yeah. cap. Yo, after the injury, might take some time, fall in price, and you can pick him up for a lower price later in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, Francis Watson. 95 of 79% game time in JLT1 versus Geelong. Yeah. Don't be fooled. He does this every preseason. He does. He tricks and, us. And can't crack it into the, the best 22. So disregard him and his score. He's not best 22. He's yeah. not playing round one. No, I, I agree. Um, uh, Just before we move on, Duggan kind of looked okay as well from a, a fantasy point of view. He's 83 and 79. He's 22 this year. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's not as old as, like, I think he's been around forever, but he only got moved to the back line a year and a half ago, and he's yeah. started to build on that. Yep. Um, I think so. Could be a very interesting late draft pick. Yeah, I like him as a late draft pick. He's got upside. I grabbed him last year, expecting him to um, to sort of explode, yep. and he didn't. But, <laughs> um, so I'm a little bit gun-shy on him, but I think he can quite easily put up mid-70s to high-70s this yeah. year as a defender, which is great. Yeah, and Petricelli must-have, do you reckon, if he's playing round one? No, I'm not sold he's must-have. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people say that you have to have Jack Petricelli. No, you don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to, but if he is playing round one, strongly consider, because he's Be- got a slot that he can move yes. into. and there's slim pickings for basement price forward rookies. Mm-hmm. So if you have a spot to fill, I don't hate filling it with Petricelli. Don't go out of your way to get him if you don't need him, though, because he's going to play as a small forward and he's an impact player, not an accumulator. Agreed. Uh, we'll move on to the Bulldogs. Last team mm-hmm. of the list. Um, Jack McRae, we've already talked a little bit about him, and he, he used, he's someone you'll have to have at the end of the year. You don't have to start with him necessarily. I don't think so. But it, it I wouldn't complain, no. basically. Um, uh, an interesting one to look at is Lockie Hunter. He had an amazing year last year. He was absolutely terrific. There's a chance he could eke his way to the bottom end of the top eight midfielders this year. There's a, Ooh, there's a cool. solid chance. That's I, a big call. I'm not as high on him as I know you are. I know you love yourself a bit of Lockie Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and from, I traded him in a keeper league, and, and it hurts me inside to do that. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you'd mention that. For me, he suffers from that key wingman weakness where yeah. there will be games where he is the link man but there will be games where he's on the opposite side of the field to where the ball is and he doesn't score so his highs are really high but he does have some bad scores thrown in there as well agreed uh, Tom Liberatore is he a bit of a must have mid pricer uh, I switched I switched miles to him after his first JLT game yeah. and I've still got him in there at the moment um, temper your expectations he's not going to put up tons every week but he's cheap enough that he's I super think, cheap I think he is a must have yeah he's, he's going to go up enough in price that you kind of have to have him he's going to go up 200 to 250k yeah. or maybe 200k which... 200k I reckon it'll take him a little bit to get there but I reckon he's a must have just temper your expectations a little yeah um, a lot of people uh, before the JLT started were choosing to start with uh, Brody Grundy and Tim English as their second yes. uh, when I say a lot of people I mean me I um, uh, me as well but there were other people um, thank you for backing me up yeah. uh, so Timmy English I'm super worried about uh, Luke Beveridge because <laughs> I have no clue what the guy is going to do um, he should be playing as the number one ruck if he's named round one I'm still going to have him as my second ruckman um, mm-hmm. because if, he, if he's named in the side surely he's he's going to be playing as the number one ruck you can't play him as a half forward I oh, would if suggest. he's named he's the number one ruck exactly um and Jackson Trengrove will just be backing him up with a role in defence as well. So, Agreed. Um, just, it's a wait and see on that until the uh, teams are announced. Caleb Daniel, great pickup in draft leagues. Yeah, I quite like him this year. Um, he finished last year off playing that half-back role. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty well suited to it. He's a good distributor. He can, and he can, that way he can get a lot of handball receives and wrap the ball up without going in as an undersized guy trying to mark the ball, which yeah. he can't do. Uh, don't be fooled by uh, Bailey Smith's low scoring either in um, mm. JLT. He didn't play much time. He's still coming back from that Achilles. In yeah. keeper leagues, you need to target this guy. Yeah, in keeper top-ups, he is the number two or number three 
behind Sam Walsh um, and potentially Jordan Clark. Yes, absolutely. He, he's second or third of the draftees to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. He is going to be fantastic in the Absolute future. Gun. Do not bring him in in salary cap or redrafts, though. He's no. not going to do enough this year. There's there's no, no point to it. Um, and uh, have you got anyone else that you spotted from the Bulldogs that you were really keen on? Uh, no. No, yeah, I think we've covered no, everything. That's it. So that has us gone through. So that is our JLT review for the, the two rounds of the yep. preseason. Short and, and snappy. And uh, un- unusual for us. I know. And I can't wait to get into the season proper. It's, it's only a week away. Just over a week away now. Oh, just absolutely hanging out for it. So we will be back with our regular podcasts mm-hmm. after the first round, which yep. is fantastic to say. I'm looking forward to you actually presenting me with my Risk It for the Biscuit trophy, which I assume I you've to, made. I have to do two of them, so... Um, I assume yes. that you've made it or organised it. You know, this wedding yeah. hasn't gotten in the way of that. Well, look, it's pretty high on my list of priorities, so <laughs> you can assume a You just said that with the deadest of eyes. <laughs> no emotion in his eyes whatsoever. Uh, you can assume a way. Um, <laughs> So we're get, we're going to end on that note, yes. um, and we will be back for the uh, after the conclusion of the first round to go over everything as we normally do. Absolutely. So until then, good luck for setting up your salary cap teams. Yes. Good luck if you've still got your drafts to go, and uh, we can't wait to get back into some fantasy footy. Catch you soon, guys. Catch you.